Serious Rap Shit Podcast. I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. And yeah, we about to go in. What's up, Josh? What's going on, man? What's going on? I'm chilling, chilling. Um, still slowly settling uh, into the week. I didn't take um, Labor Day off. I be forgetting to be uh, holidays and shit. Like, <laughs> you know how I know when it, uh, it's a holiday? The night before, list will be like, up drinking or like <laughs> hanging out like mad strong to like five in the board. I'm like, why aren't you in bed yet? Like, but she's like, oh no, you know, it's, I don't, I don't have work tomorrow. Three day so weekend, yeah. She, she, ninety percent of the time, unless it's you know like a big one like Thanksgiving, mm-hmm, or, yeah, you know Halloween Christmas, or some like Christmas yeah. or some shit. Like these little like, oh, you just get a work day off holidays 90% of the time she has to remind me Dog, so I, like I'm the same way like you know especially over the last couple of years when I haven't been working like a regular gig it's like I don't it, it's Labor Day today like I, I don't like I, you know what I mean like none of that yeah. like doesn't register because like my days don't technically change because it's a holiday you know what I mean yeah um, so it's, it's, it feels like um it feels like a slow start to the week, but it probably mm-hmm. shouldn't because I didn't take no time. I no wrote, rest day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you actually hit me up. It was day. like, hey, bro, can we record tomorrow? Because I got to write like all day. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. fine with me. I fucking spaced on some shit. Even after I said on this podcast that I don't <laughs> do this, <laughs> I, I spaced on something that I owed somebody. And um, I just spent Monday like, you know, Focusing like I'm supposed to be focusing and fucking wrote the shit and sent it in. Yeah, dude, I got a phone call. I think I was getting in a shower yesterday and I got a phone call from um, some bill collector or something like that. And mm. I was in the shower, so obviously I didn't answer. But I just looked and I was like, dude, if they call me back today, I'm going to like break down the idea of Labor Day to them and go like, why are you working? <laughs> I'm sure your bosses aren't. So why the fuck yeah. are you here calling me? Like this debt is good. Like first of all, this debt's gonna be here for the next like ten years. I'm never paying it. But also, right. like why are you like it's gonna be here tomorrow? Why are you guys working on Labor Day? Like <laughs> like right like did all and asking me for money? Yeah, like all that debt is gonna be here tomorrow. It's not like it's not gonna be here. Like I could see if you were doing something where you're like, oh, you're an ambulance driver or. You know, you're right, right. doing something that is pressing and needs to be taken care of. My old job, um, we worked on holidays because somebody had to be there. It was emergencies. Like, you never know. Like, right? Yeah. It's debt collection. That debt is going to be there tomorrow. Like, why are you right. calling people on labor debt? Like, the, the definition of a non-essential yeah. you know, <laughs> position. No disrespect to anybody no. who does it. I used to do it. You know what I, I mean? I did too. Like, no... No disrespect, but yeah, that shit. Society don't need that shit. No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Society need doctors. We need phlebotomists. Phlebotomists. We need fucking ambulance drivers. We don't yeah. need cops, and no. we don't need fucking bill collectors. No. Not in the least. No, and it's weird, dog. Like I was just sitting there thinking, like it made me go, like, 
Wow, because I had been thinking about this recently of how the idea because i didn't know what labor day was when i was a kid like it just never like it occurred to me like the idea that labor day like i never never paid attention to it and it wasn't until recently last couple years where i was like it really makes me sick the uh the americanizing of labor day that's happened Mm -hmm. like you'll see tributes to like the military on labor day it's like that's not what this is about yeah, yeah, I get you. You mean like it's uh, they're turning it into this um, kind of like patriotic thing? Yeah, it's a turn. It's yeah, so yeah. like it's so turned into like such a patriotic. Thing. I was riding riding home, and I saw a list. I saw a list. Your partner post about like when did fireworks on like Labor Day become a thing? <laughs> and I saw them last night driving home, and I was just like, yeah, that's the weirdest thing in the world yeah. to me. It's this Fourth of July part two. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they basically make it Memorial Day part two or yeah, Fourth yeah. of July part two. It's like it's just a continuation <laughs> of like these Americanized holidays. When it's like, no, this is about like labor fighting for like the five day work week and forty yeah. hour work week and no fucking children working in factories right. and like these motherfuckers was struggling against the status quo. Mm-hmm not not doing the thing that y'all are doing yeah and um it also like you know again this is like more of like the radicalization of like josh and shit like that but like more the idea where it's like i never put like two and two together of like oh like police are unionized right like quote-unquote unionized mm-hmm. um and Yet they're the ones that are sent out to break up strikes. Yeah. It's like you would think, like you, whatever. But like the idea would be like, oh, they're another union. They should not be out there breaking up a union strike. You know what yeah. I mean? But And, and for ahead. folks who, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. No, I no, just no. want to make this point. For folks who may not uh, understand this because we kind of live in uh, a time where understanding of how unions function and how unions have functioned historically is kind of low right mm-hmm. now. Um, and union membership is low amongst the American work- workforce, which is related and a whole nother thing back in the day, you know, uh, and other countries do this too, but you used to have uh, solidarity strikes, mm-hmm. general strikes, a general strike is when everybody goes out. Yep. You know what I mean? If you if you fuck with the teachers, then the people down at the docks stop loading in, you know, the ships yep. in solidarity. You know what I mean? And it's a, a total attack on capital and a total pushback by organized labor. So to your point, you would think if the police were a real union, yes, <laughs> they're not. Um, but if if they were, you would think they would be like, wait, we're not going. Those are our fellow workers. We're not going down there to bust up a strike or to arrest people, you know, for for protesting, you know, unfair working conditions or whatever. If they were actually a real union and mm-hmm. part of the working class, like you know, other workers, a. a teachers and and shipyard workers and all of that if they were really acting in the interests of the working class then they they wouldn't they wouldn't do what you said like yeah they wouldn't be breaking up strikes yeah and it it, it like it's one of those things like i don't know man like i i wish i knew earlier like as i remember being kids and like 
we're in Philadelphia and like SEPTA is the transportation organization here in the area. And I remember SEPTA would go on strike every couple of years. And I just remember how many people would get so pissed at it and like, oh man, they're fucking mm-hmm. with us, blah, blah, blah. When like, it was, it, it, it was in my early 20s when I realized like, oh no, they're just trying to get like better benefits and shit like that. Celebrate to them, like good for them, like getting better benefits yeah. and getting better pay for yeah. their workers. Um, and, but it gets recently rumor now is that there's possibly another strike on on, on the horizon for Verizon, uh, for, Verizon, for uh, uh, mm. uh, And I remember I, I was sitting there and I was talking and actually talking to my mother about it. And I, and you know, I was like, I remember being younger, getting mad at like, oh, damn, Scepter's going to go on strike, blah, 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 blah. Um, or her getting mad because I didn't give a shit because it also meant I wasn't going to go to school. Um, right, right. <laughs> uh, but then, like, being like, oh, it's weird. And now realizing, like, oh, it's really weird to, like, get mad at them because all they're doing is exercising the power that they have. Like, they know yeah. that so many people rely on them to get around, and the city knows that. And so, like, all these businesses should then be putting pressure on SEPTA to reach the demands of their workers because that's how it should work. Um, but, it, you know, we've become so anti-union in this country that we are then turned around to then go like, well, SEPTA shouldn't be going on strike. They should be happy with what they have. I saw so many people, and, you know, for folks who don't know, uh, Philly's uh, public transportation, SEPTA, um has a lot of disputes with with, uh, management and and ownership. And, you know, they threaten strikes. I don't know what other cities do or how frequently they do. It seemed like these motherfuckers threaten a strike pretty frequently. You know what I'm saying? And working class Philadelphians hate that shit. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, if, if you rely on public transportation to get... Like, you have people who work in, you know, Willow Grove, which is like, I don't know, five minutes outside of Philly, but maybe they live deep in, you know, uh, South Philly or something like, you know, something that uh, a commute that would take you an hour or -hmm. whatever, multiple buses to to get to. I understand the frustration, Um, but it's it's crazy. It's almost like... uh, the powers that be, I don't mean to say that in a conspiracy theory kind of way, but it seems like the the powers that be and like the ownership class and the managerial class pits, you know, like SEPTA workers, you know, who are just looking, like you said, for a fair shake or, or higher wages or benefits or whatever, pits them against people. Yes. who really they should be in solidarity with. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's a trend that I see throughout this country, you know, in, in a lot of different ways where mm-hmm. you have people, people who are people who are workers who are non-unionized, mad at union workers. Well, y'all make all that money. Start a fucking union, Start a union. in your job. I, I know it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My mom did it. You know what I mean? So, and I, I was a teenager watched, back, watched yeah. her. Yeah. Her go through that process. Like they, really abused her on her job for trying to mm-hmm. unionize her job. So I understand it's easier to said than done, but the option shouldn't be no unions or for, you know, people uh for for labor to just roll over. Mm-hmm. You know, just take just take what you get. 
You know what I mean? Who, whoever, even you look at your dealings in in one on one life with other people. When do you ever, you know, come out satisfied when you just take whatever mm-hmm. from somebody? Nah, yeah. you gotta have you gotta have boundaries and pushback. Yeah, and do I remember years and years ago, probably like two two thousand one. Um, we voted in a union at the job I was working at. Um, and I was a supervisor technically, but I wasn't salaried, so I was still part of the the workers. I wasn't part of the um the administration. So right, um, because the position they just made up for me. It wasn't like a real position. It was a position they had made up to uh, for me or whatever. So I wasn't salaried. I was still an hourly employee. So I was I was able to vote. Um, and even if I wasn't, I was supportive of the union. Like I, I remember when I wasn't sure if I could before I had spoke to the to the union guy, he was like, oh, no, like you're good. Even before then, I was like, hey, you guys should vote for it. Like you guys should get a union in here because you guys get fucked. And yeah. I remember we took the vote. We voted the union. In. And almost like 100% support. I think there was a few dissenters, but it was like almost 100% support. And... uh dude it was like it was all out like a blood blood war after that like they yeah. were firing people left and right they don't like that shit nah man like they don't like that shit at all they they fired they were anybody who became like the shop steward fired wow like Which, as soon as they became is it. that even legal like they, they they lost that fight eventually um but like they were just firing people fire 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 and then yeah. they, at one point, they tried to fire me. Like, I knew it. Like, they were calling me into the office to fire me. It was a Friday morning. Like, I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't know, if you're listening out there and you do not know, even without a union, you are allowed to bring somebody else into a meeting with your supervisor. You should always do it. You should never walk into a meeting with a supervisor alone. Mm-hmm. Um should always have somebody with you. That is a legal right of a worker in this country. So you're allowed to have somebody come in with you. Um, Because they'll lie on you and shit. Yes, absolutely. Like, dude, you could go into that meeting with you, and if it gets a little heated, they could be like, oh, he lunged at me, and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean? And have you arrested, and you're like... whatever. Yeah, so you're always allowed to have somebody come in with you as a witness. So... I, they had fired our shop steward like the day before. So we didn't have a shop steward yet because we hadn't had a chance to vote to see who was going to become. So yeah. I asked for the dude who trained me. He was one of our trainers, uh, my man Will, who I'm still friendly with to this day. He, I was like, hey, I won't come in there without Will. And mm-hmm. they were like, and Will was like, I'm on, another, I'm in like, I'm out an hour and a half away. I can't come. I can come, but it's going to take me about an hour and a half. And I said, all right, cool. I'll sit and wait. And yeah. the the manager of the of the branch I was working at was like, well, I'm not waiting. Like, you come in the meeting now, and I was like, I'm not coming in without ah. somebody. And yeah. he was like, well, you got to come in. But I was like, I don't got to do shit. Like, I'll sit here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going anywhere till Will gets here. And he was like, well, I got to go to New York. So, and I was like, that's your problem. It's not mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was like, well, forget it. I'll just talk to you next week. And I said, all right, cool. And mm-hmm. I left, went back to my, because the offices were two different offices at the time where I worked at. So I were, I went back to my office and um, like another building and he, um, and he went to New York and then I never heard anything about it again. 
And I was oh, like, shit. oh, they were going to fire me then. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, just trying to pull that trigger. Yeah, because yeah, in Pennsylvania, like for folks who don't know, you can fire without cause. Like, there's you don't actually mm-hmm. technically need a reason to fire somebody. Um, at will employment. Yeah, it's at will employment. It. Yeah. So uh, they were going to just fire me without any real just cause. They were just going to fire me. And Jesus, because they had they were doing it like they were just firing people left and right, firing because they were trying to scare mm-hmm. people. Because like we had voted for, we hadn't voted technically voted the union in yet. We had voted to have a vote. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like to have the union vote. So yeah, they make you they make you jump through that extra hoop. Yes. So yeah. we had voted to have the union come in and do the vote. So they were firing people left and right, trying to scare people to get rid of the union. Um. And they were hiring a bunch of new people and telling people when they were coming in, like, you're not, you know, vote no on the union because like the wage right now, I think at that time was they were paying people like maybe like nine or 10 bucks an hour, probably a little less than that. Yeah. And they were like, well, if it's nine dollars an hour now, when we vote the union, if they vote yes on the union, there's no guarantee that it's still going to be nine dollars an hour. And. (laughs) <laughs> the union was telling people like we don't lose people money like you know what I, I mean? say, when, <laughs> when do you ever get a union and your money goes down yeah so i got scared though i had never um i was young man i was uh, i was not even 21 yet i think i was 20 at the time and yeah i was living on my own had bills and shit i got scared because i was like yo they're gonna fire me eventually they're gonna come back around to this and mm-hmm. um we voted for the union eventually and we voted the union in. And as soon as that happened, they started to be like, well, we're like Pico at the time who we were working for. We're a subcontractor of them. Uh, who's the electric company in this area was like, they weren't unionized and they were like, we don't want to work with unions. So right, right. they ended up getting rid of the company. But, um, I, so I left right before that happened. I went and got another job cause I was scared of losing it. And, um, what I found out later was the union, because they got voted in, union got everybody who got fired, everybody their job back. Wow. Everybody yeah. back pay for how however long they got were out. They got all their money for the time that they were out. And Jesus. when they when Pico let everybody go, they got three months or four months worth of severance for every employee. Wow. And this was a union that was there for all of like three or four months. Right. And they did all that work. And I was like, I remember how shitty it was getting a union in, but a fucking you, mm. you should be unionized at your job. Period, yeah. man. It, this is, yeah. we work in a society, especially now, as it's only gotten worse and worse and worse. Minimum wage hasn't been raised in like 20 yeah. years or whatever. Like, and it's it's no coincidence that union membership has declined as wages have stagnated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I ain't looking at no charts or nothing like that, but like I know history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's no there's 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 a direct correlation. Absolutely. Between the two. Oh yeah. Dude, there's yeah, there's absolutely. It, it's like in it's been a goal of all the like politicians to going in of just being like, yo, we're going to get rid of unions, going to get rid of unions. It's all union busting shit, man. Like, yeah, it, it, it's fucked up, man. But you should like one of my only things I'm mad about before I left my old job because I, you know, but me and you have been talking for years where I was planning to leave, planning to leave, planning to leave. 
uh, was just waiting for the opportunity. Um, one thing I wanted to do before I left was try to get a union in there. And I had started asking wow. around. Um, excuse me. Um, I had started asking around to people. And the people in the area I worked in were very for it. Um, but the same thing was starting to happen uh, because there was obviously more talk, not just me, of unionizing. And so when I would talk to some of the newer employees, they were like, oh, well, they told me like there might be some talk of union. But like they said, if there's a union, they're just going to pull the con- They're just going to leave. They're not going to stay here and work and blah, 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 blah. Oh, shit. And we had a lot of older. Um, what's fucked up, too, is there was a lot of older Verizon workers who used to be like bell tell workers um back in the day who were all union guys who all had pensions and were working this job just to like work and collect their pension um and they're all like in their 50s probably maybe early 60s who were just like you know they were still working because they were still young enough to work and wanted to they were all against the union because they didn't oh, want to, they didn't want to pay any more money into a union because they didn't, they didn't consider this like an important job to them. It was just a job, so right. they didn't want a union to be paying into. But like all the other people who were just like, this was their job. This is what they're, you know, they yeah. were going to do for the next twenty years. Jesus. They wanted union, you know what I mean. But like, yeah. you were getting a lot of new people who were getting scared out of it, and. Mm-hmm. A lot of they do that shit too. Yeah, like with the, yeah. the new people coming in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fucked up, man. Um, Jesus. Well, that was uh, you know unionization uh, with serious <laughs> rap shit. Um, <laughs> Unions one hundred and one. I do want to get to this before we start talking about the topics. Um, unfortunately, uh, this news came out yesterday. Um, this is Tuesday. We're recording this. Uh, yeah. The legendary actor, Michael K. Williams, passed away um, yesterday. Um, and this was a hard-hitting one, man. Like Jesus. And, yeah. He's, yeah. first of all, anybody I know who's, like, anybody I know, or even anybody, anybody like you, you see talk about any kind of encounters with this dude, he was, like, one of the sweetest, gentlest souls in the world. Um yeah. So people keep saying, and uh, if you don't know, he he's Omar from the Wire. Like you know, if you don't know the name right, of the actor, right. he's Omar from the Wire. Um, but he just come off uh, his amazing portrayal in Lovecraft Country, which he was like nominated for an Emmy, and he he was an amazing, amazing, amazing actor. Um. And he's like a hip hop generation guy, uh, Brooklyn guy. Yeah, Brooklyn. Um, what I just found out was Tupac is the one who, uh, who was the one who got him his first opportunity um, yeah. in the movie Bullet with Mickey Rourke, and Tupac was in that. Um, he just saw he played, like uh, Pac's, Pac's brother. Pac's brother, right? yeah, his younger brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like Pac just saw like a uh, um, a Polaroid of him. And was like, oh, he looks like he could be my. He looks like he's he's got that thug look. I, I we should cast him. Yeah, yeah. And off of a fucking Polaroid. And yeah. um, yeah, man. Like he was he was a legend, man. Like he was amazing. 
um, chalky white, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, he was just in Lovecraft Country. This dude was on The Sopranos, like, right? You right. know what I mean? He and obviously the Omar portrayal, you know, um, you know, I don't want to like I don't want to speak for uh, the gay community, you know what I mean? But I know I've seen and read where they were like, yo, it was amazing to see like this character in um, in The Wire. Like a different portrayal of a gay character. Like he didn't right. need to be like super effeminate because, especially at that time, like that was what you saw in generally. Yeah, for, that was the stereotype. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, he kind of broke. Mm-hmm. He broke out of that shit. Yeah, and um, you know, but also you got to see like a very sensitive person, like a very sensitive person. Like one of the best things about the show, The Wire, was like these characters were, you know full characters they weren't just like you know the 2d they were a 3d character they weren't just like this stereotype of like oh he's a drug dealer he's this he's that like or he's a stick-up guy blah 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 like we got to see a guy who'd be very sensitive and care about like the people he loved and worked you know with the famous quote of like a man must have a code Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah he, Uh, he played the shit out of that role and like um every role that he was in yes. really and it, it's crazy because um i've been seeing uh so many videos of him you know acting talking i've really enjoyed the videos of him dancing yes that people have been sharing he um you know was like a clubber in new york i i know um the, the famous New York party uh, giant step gave him a shout out and they were like, yo, he was one of us. You know what I mean? He was a music head, a dancer, a club kid in that, that era of New York in the early nineties when you had like giant step and um, just, just you had this era of like coming out of the eighties into the early nineties, this like, like, flamboyant like new york club culture and he Mm -hmm. was one of you notice when you see him dancing he almost always dance in the house music yes you know what i'm saying so he was one of those cats and like just seeing him able to like and of course he he was in um that uh crystal waters video 100 percent pure love he choreographed it you know what i'm saying um i somebody said last night that he danced for missy Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is this he seeing him um, express that kind of joy when so many of his roles in acting were dark roles? Yes. You know what I mean? You kind of got to see another side of him. And this shit, yeah, yo, like I was. Um, I was either on a call or I was writing. I was doing something where I wasn't on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And like I popped off and got on Twitter and saw, uh, it might have been my man Mike Bion who posted it, uh, the first one I saw. Somebody said, rest in peace, uh, Michael K. Williams. I cried like a baby, dog. Like, because, you know, I don't get into like the meeting celebrities thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, the, through the nature of my work, like I interact with a lot of like well-known people and like interview them and shit. And I, I never really, I'm never really on the type time like, yo, I, I gotta meet a famous person or whatever. 
I'm not like on that shit, but like he was somebody I would have loved yeah. to meet and just be like, yo, like we love you and we fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Cause it, it, it just, I don't know. He, he, the way he used to talk about a lot of the like trauma that he came up with and the way he used his art to work through it, you know, he seemed like a person that we wanted to give love to. You know, yeah. some motherfuckers, like nobody wants to meet the baby. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Unless unless you're like a fucking, you know, a fan or whatever. Like some motherfuckers is like, all right, I'm, I'm cool on meeting bull. Yeah. You know what I mean? Michael K. Williams was somebody, at least that I felt like, damn, like I would have loved to like meet him and show him love. You know what I mean? Because of how brilliant um, he was. Yeah. You know, so that's, I I think that part of, I don't know, just, just losing a person like that and it being so random and sudden, it fucked me up and it's it's still fucking me up. Yeah. You know? It's, he's also a guy who broke a little later too in life. Like he wasn't like 19 getting, a, you know, this amazing role or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even still, like, you know, obviously he had like the Omar role and stuff like that. And that was like, oh, that's his big. But like, you know, he's still like, he had a few roles. Like, it wasn't anything. Like, he was just some stuff, but it wasn't like this crazy. And then, Boardwalk, obviously, Boardwalk Empire. And then, but like, the latest portrayal, all like the pain and everything that he was able to get across in uh, Lovecraft Country. And just how great that role was. Like you were, I I, I kind of got the feeling like, yo, I think this is going to be like his really big, 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 big moment. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think this is going to be the thing that like, you know, is like the, like the, the big, big thing. Like the, you know, where this dude is now going to get like all these amazing roles and he's like in his early fifties, and he's still like yeah. prime, and he's still, you know what I mean? Like this is this dude's gonna get all this opportunity, yeah. And to lose and that's that. what I wanted to see. Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. what I wanted to see. Like I wanted to see him age in this shit, like mm-hmm. De Niro. Yeah, you know what I mean, or or like Pacino or any of these uh, actors, Meryl Streep. You know what I mean? Just like aging in this shit and still being brilliant and still challenging themselves and 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 pulling more emotion out of these roles that's i think that's like um sometimes like the tragedy of death especially a death like this it's like damn you think about um one you think about them not being here with us anymore I don't know. I have beliefs. I don't know what the fuck's on the what other happens. side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is on the other side. Um, but them not being here, him not being here uh, with us anymore. But then also the shit that we're going to lose not seeing him age in his craft and as a human. You know what I mean? As a person. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, shout out to my man Gabriel Bryant. He told a story um, after the news came out that he passed. Gabe said that um, in 2014, uh, Michael K was in uh, Philly for the Black Star Film Festival. Mm-hmm. 
and it was Gabe's job to drive him around wherever he wanted to yeah. go in Philly. He wanted to go get something to eat or whatever. And he said immediately, he said they was in the wheel, they was riding around, they was like busting it up, talking about like Dilla and, you know, Eric Garner and activism and just, you know, just mm-hmm. having a, a conversation. And he said that uh, Michael K was like, yo, I want you to take me to like the hood and don't take me to the gentrified part. Like, <laughs> take me to like the real hood. And I hear, and he was he was comfortable, you know what I mean? Ava DuVernay talked about him uh, just showing up on set and being with people out there, you know what I mean? And and that's a, a, what I'm trying to get at is that somebody passing like this who was the type of person that he seemed to be who was like a man of the people quote mm-hmm. unquote it's a loss to the community you know what yeah, i mean 100%. somebody somebody who's like a star quote unquote but who's still you know leading with like love and 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 solidarity and wanting to be amongst the people and shit you know we could lose a thousand scumbags yeah, you know what I mean. We lose one dude like this, the shit hurt, and yeah. you, you see it. You see it up and down the timeline. People hurt over this shit because yeah. of who he was. If you an asshole and you go, some motherfuckers might might applaud you. Yeah, <laughs> you know say it or your way out. Somebody like him, the shit it just hurts. It hurts. Yeah, he he's a um, he seemed to be a pretty gentle soul, man, and like. And a loving soul. And uh, yeah. most of all, man, I just hope, like, the creator's comforting him, like, you know what I mean? And comforting that soul. You know, I saw, like, a picture of him and uh, um, Anthony Bourdain because he was on uh, one of Anthony Bourdain's show. And the crazy thing yeah. is, Bourdain tweeted it, and, it like, he was going to be on the show. And then, like, they just stopped in, like, a random restaurant in Brooklyn, and the dude who played Marlo was in there. <laughs> and, like, yeah, so they yeah. just all sat down and had lunch. And just it was chill, yeah. And... You know, so like my thought was when I saw that picture, it was just like I hope the creator's comforting both of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, His family. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's a shame, man. He he. It's it's a shame. It, like I think, you know, first off, like who like the people that were close to him and and that loved him. Um, I think about them, and then I I think about like you know, the loss that we all be losing somebody who was going to give us 20 more years of amazing performances you know what i mean yeah. um and you know we we had just spent before we started recording talking about storytelling and the importance of storytelling and you know already what he's given us in storytelling um and the performances that he's given us are, are were groundbreaking and i i straight believe that we were only going to get 20 30 more years of great performances from this guy and and, and important stories that he was going to be able to tell um yeah so it's just a real loss man it's a shame yeah rest in peace uh michael k williams yeah yo like i don't know i don't have no great uh takeaway from this shit but it's like you got people around you that you love cherish that shit because this shit yes is mad fragile (laughs) you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. life is is mad fragile and you could be here and you could be gone in a fucking second 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know, shout out to him. Much love to his family. Much love to everybody who knew him. And much love and comfort to the, the community that loved him. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and we talked some topics this week. We can touch on these things. Uh, apparently, there's a uh, Fat Joe and Ja Rule versus coming up. Um, that's supposedly the next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, you go ahead. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I think it. First of all, it's gonna really, really, really be hard to follow up a a dipset, the dipset, the locks one. Right, right. Because that shit was no joke. Yeah. Um. Excuse me. I think it's really, really hard to follow those up. Uh. You know. And then, uh, I think like Jaro is an artist who's I despised a lot of his music when he was the most popular artist in the world at one point. Yeah. Um, I still will laugh at that Grease video. Like, I don't give a fuck. It doesn't make a difference. There's nothing right. you can tell me that's going to sell me on that. Um, yeah. But like John did have some like that when when fucking Kiss broke out the it's New York I'm from mm-hmm. New York that song was at, at like the height of Ja Rule like crossover Ja Rule he released that song and I was right. like I don't know this song goes like you know what yeah. I mean um, so Ja had like some really dope street shit so that was really really good um, uh, but I I I think there is. There's a part of me. I almost have, like, I may, like, have it on, but it'll only be on in the background. Like, I don't know how closely yeah. I'm going to be, like, locked in on this one. Because, again, I like Fat Joe, too, but, like, I'm not the biggest Fat Joe fan either. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of their, um, they're interesting to me because, um, they're still in, like, the pop culture zeitgeist all of yes. these years later. Um, both started in the 90s ja rules with uh cash money click fat joe was with ditc then you know during the 2000s at the height of like really like like pop rap is at a height now Mm -hmm. um the early 2000s like this intersection between rap and r&b and pop music was really hitting hard and the record industry was making mad money because niggas was still selling CDs and yes. all of this other shit. It was like a commercial hype for mainstream rap. And both of them kind of hit their stride after doing their, like, you know, dusty underground shit in the 90s, both of them. Both of them hit their stride in the 2000s during this time when shit was, like, really popping off. But a lot of that music... I guess it 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 would hold up. We're we're you know older, say than you know somebody who was ten years old when you know um, Ja Rule's doing songs with Ashanti or whatever. You know what I mean? We were like adults, yeah, and that shit was kind of corny to us. You know what I mean? So maybe the nostalgia it might ring off. Those songs might ring off for uh, younger folks. But for a lot of that shit, for me, in Ja Rule and Fat Joe's case, love both of them brothers and wish them the best. A lot of that shit ain't age well for me. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's funny because we'll be in here uh, just like watching videos and shit. And it's almost always like 
when me and Liz are like, are we passing the remote and just find this shit on YouTube? I want to watch all shit that's from like 92 to like 96, 97. And she wants to watch shit that's from like 99, 2000 to like 2006. And she's yeah. like, yo, you don't remember this? Or you, ain't, you ain't fuck with this? I'm like, dog, I was an adult when, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know, uh, everybody in the club get tipsy. Like when that shit, I was like grown when that came out. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it, that wasn't for me. So yes. yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how a lot of these songs play. I think a lot of people wrote uh, the locks off when they did uh, their joint against Dipset because people thought, oh, Dipset had big popular hits. Mm-hmm. It's going to translate to a versus. As we've seen, that formula don't always, always work. work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just interested in seeing, um, A, how much street shit they do, and B, how those big kind of cheesy pop songs ring off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing they both have in common, too, is uh, they both had a real... Uh, like a little run of scamming as well. Um, obviously, <laughs> Ja Rule has the whole fucking island shit that he did. The fire, the fire fest. fest shit. Yeah, yeah. And Fat Joe was trying to get people on that residual income shit. The money yeah, trade. The money so. trade shit, man. What if what if niggas uh, show up for this versus and it's just like a MLM presentation? <laughs> just, like I ain't putting like it you past show them, up. Dog. You show up and like Ja Rule and Fat Joe come out in suits and they got like the, the Janet Jackson headphones yeah. and shit, headphone mic, and they're just trying to sell you like five links. Yes. <laughs> Imagine that shit. I'm not putting it past them, dog. I'm not putting Man. it past them. Um, We're going to see. I'm going to watch it, but yeah. I'm going like, like to passively watch said, it. Yeah. The same. The same. If I might be. What date is? Do you know what date it is? I forget. It's September something. Hold on one second. I'll take a look. Um, September fourteenth. Yes, September fourteenth. That dog. I'm looking at the damn flyer. It's right at the top, real big. But I see it's listed again at the bottom, and like there's a fucking uh, like a tag thing on the bottom, so I can't. It's like over can't top of it. it, and I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Why I'm trying to move that, and it's right at top, real big. I'm like, fuck. No. Man. Um, I was I was asking because. Um, Liz is going out of town. Yeah, she was telling me. And I was, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, maybe I will be just like in the crib, dolo, watching this fucking nut ass versus. But I don't, I think she, she leaves uh, like a couple days after that. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. maybe. I mean, I'll watch it, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not excited about this shit. Yeah, you you know know what? I'm going to, I'll have it on passively and I'll see what the Twitter and social media engagement is. And, if I'm like, I probably will follow it more on social media than I will actually watching it. And then, yeah. like, if I see like it's pretty hilarious or whatever, I may like lock back in more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it works now. Yeah, like you 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 know you might have it on or whatever, and then somebody on Twitter is like, "Oh shit, somebody got stabbed at first. Yes. You're like, "Oh shit, like." Let me turn the volume up. Or yo, he said something about you know killing this nigga dead homie or something. <laughs> you might have to hit that hit that volume and and tune in. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm like you know 
I'm not going to say I'm good on this. You know what I mean? I love Fat Joe. Uh, you know, Ja Rule is like whatever to me. But yeah, we'll 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 see what it's hitting Don't, for. You know what? I can't lie. Ja Rule, like watching something about Ja Rule is how I learned how like mayonnaise was made. Like I had no idea. Really? Yeah, I, I was watching. <laughs> I think it was like Ja Rule's like cribs or something, right? Yo. And... <laughs> He had like his, they were having a party and like Jay-Z came over on a boat or something like that. Like he was riding on a boat, like over to like Ja Rule's party. And they like, definitely did that on Empire. And like <laughs> he had a like personal chef there and like he had asked for like mayonnaise or something like that. And yeah. the, they didn't have any in the house. So the personal chef just like made mayonnaise. What? And I was just like, this is like the weirdest <laughs> thing in the world. Um, but you don't yeah. expect, you don't think about mayonnaise like in process. Yeah, <laughs> you, you think about it like, oh, it's just mayonnaise. Yeah, so it was Yo. really, it was really weird. But it was one of those things where it's like that's forever stuck in my head, stuck in. And part of it also is because like Jay Z riding over on a boat, and this is like the height of Jay Z of like Jay Z, Jay Z, and right, like. Right. He's like just riding on like a big boat, like over <laughs> to like Ja Rule's party. It was the weirdest thing in the world. Um, I picture him like uh like Washington, like crossing the Delaware. <laughs> he had like but, a but it's just I think, old. It a, I think it was a Spurs jersey. I forget. Like he had a jersey on. <laughs> of course he had a throwback on. No, it was like it was just like a regular jersey, I think. And like Yo. <laughs> it was weird, man. Because it was definitely too like it wasn't like Jay Z like you know when Jay Z started boxing. Remember when the videos came out like Jay Z was like boxing and stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. like he was like not in like like he was just it was just like regular shape guy. It was definitely one of those things where yeah. it was like it was before everybody was like, oh I, I'm gonna be on. T- I need to be like crazy in shape. Dude was just yeah. like in a jersey, just like riding just over to the party dude. like regular Yo. dude. Like it was crazy. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> That's the that's like my biggest takeaway for Ja Rule ever is like that moment. Um, so fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh. We can talk about this real quick. Uh. But uh, Drake obviously dropped Certified Lover Boy. We all kind of knew that was coming because it had been officially been announced. Um, right, right. And like you know, it's a cool album. There's some good songs I really like on there, but like it's another it's a drake album like he so i saw somebody say this i don't remember who it was um there's a deepness that lacks in drake albums that i think keep him from making a classic yeah yeah you gotta dig in like i'm not saying that he you know doesn't take care you know no (laughs) pun intended um in his craft um but yeah, he you know he might also be like I don't want to call him a superficial human because mm-hmm. there are different ways to be tuned in. He seems very tuned in to interpersonal relationships with like the niggas that he's beefing with in the industry <laughs> yeah. and the women that he's sleeping with in mm-hmm. the industry. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you're not gonna get any like broader social political commentary from drake not that anybody asked for that no but people um 
people we're we're I feel like we're living in a time when um there's so much you could potentially talk about. A lot of people hear records like Certified Lover Boy and they're like, What is this? Like what what is this giving me? You know what I yeah. mean? Like it may it may be like nice ear candy or like audio, you know, pleasure that it gives you, but like what is what is the real substance to it? Dude, my biggest takeaway and like so like yeah, I don't need I don't necessarily need Drake be the one who's making like the most socio political, like relevant music, right? Yeah. Cause like my favorite stuff from J- uh, from from Drake is like fucking Watch the Throne and I did not Watch the Throne fucking uh, What a Time to Be Alive like you know what I mean right, right. like Jumpman like that like if he just gave me that music <laughs> all the time I'd be perfectly yeah. okay with that because like I need like you want hype music and music that's gonna you throw like fucking controller and shit like that like I'm perfectly okay with like if that's what he's giving me all the time cool like I love music yeah. like that and that's awesome you know what I mean. I think my, one of my biggest takeaways from this is like, besides I'm too sexy. I don't know if there's another like really big single on this, like a big, like, you know, if we were, if, if me and you, like other people are out here partying, but like, if we were going to parties and stuff like that, <laughs> like right. besides I'm too sexy, what record on this album would you think like is going to get a play? Like he had controller, uh, what were the other songs off that album that were like these fucking like massive like party like songs? Like One Dance, One Dance, like Controller, that. like all that. Like he had in the other joint with Rihanna, uh, Too Good for You, mm-hmm. like three joints just there yeah. that were like dominated. Yeah, like dominated. What and and this is an album similar in that vein where there's a lot of like R and B ish type songs. I don't know if there's something on here besides I'm Too Sexy that's like, oh, this is going to run parties and shit like that for yeah. a while. Which I ain't going to hold you. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear that I'm Too Sexy shit in the function. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know I know niggas like it, but like, that's... I remember when that original shit came out, that Right Said Fred yeah. shit. <laughs> There's no fucking way I'm like, <laughs> I'm fucking with that. It's just, it's too cheesy for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that cheesy ass original. I'm not fucking with that shit. And I like Thugger. Future is cool. Drake is cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm not fucking with that shit. And it just, I don't know. Um, the record to me... I want to revisit it again. I haven't had the chance to like really, you know, sit with it again. Almost none of it jumped out at me. Word. You know what I mean? I don't know if like my ears are attuned a different way. I'm a, a firm believer that like the older you get, the more attachment you just have to you know old music and how yeah. older shit sounded. So newer shit's not gonna hit you the same way all the time. Um, but I consider myself a pretty adventurous listener to like new music. The only thing I kind of fucked with, uh, I don't say the only thing, but like, like the shit with Ross stood out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, it just, a lot of it didn't hit for me. I acknowledge that, uh, I haven't like sat with it like I could and I'll sit with it again. Cause I do like Drake, you know what I mean? All of the stuff, you know, notwithstanding, 
I do fuck with Drake. Um, but yeah, like there's there's nothing on this as good as um, uh, laugh now, cry later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit, like, literally, that song to me is better than anything on this record. Where you know what I'm saying? And like, I get it. Like, it's an old song, and like, I didn't expect it to be on this when it came out. I was like, oh man, Drake, Drake, new shit gonna be crazy. And yes. This shit is on it. But you know, that was that song's like over a year old. Yeah, so, now. yeah, yeah. I get it. But I think it, I think at one point it was supposed to be on this this album. Right. And then because like he had fucking sat on this shit for now, like like the whole point of like the the cover of it with the pregnant women, like he sat on it. It was supposed to come out in January. Now it sat on it for nine months. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I do. I think there's like a three song pocket that I really like, and that's the the Jay Z joint, Fair mm-hmm. Trade with Travis Scott, and then the Way Too Sexy. I like the Way Too Sexy song, but I kind of I always like that cheesy original. So like I, yeah, I yeah. like you know it. It's it all depends. Like right, you didn't like the cheesy original. I always had like an affinity for the cheesy original right, for the cheesiness right. of it, um, and the fact that it was brought back has always been weird to me. So I like that little three three record run, and then I like the joint with uh, him and Rick Ross and Lil Wayne. I actually think like it's the best I've heard Wayne on this one and on and on Hitler Wears Hermes. He's on that. Hitler wears Hermes mm-hmm. eight. He's on that, and I think it's like the best I've heard Wayne rhyme in a very long time. Um, Wayne has been killing it, yo. It's you know yeah. we're gonna talk about it probably next week, but uh, the shit on AZ album with uh, Wayne Conway and uh, Alchemist made the beat. That shit is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I think like you know I, I do like that, um, but yeah, I feel you. There's nothing on this record, and it's a long record. There's like 17 tracks on it or something like that. Like mad songs. Yeah, and for it to be that long and there's like maybe five songs I like on it. I knew going in I wasn't I probably wasn't going to love it because my daughter who's 17, Drake is her favorite rapper, favorite rapper ever, like, you know what I mean? And um she was like, "It's okay." Like Whew. she asked me she was like, "Did you hear it yet?" And I was like, "No, I didn't listen yet." And she was like, "It's okay." I was that's like, rough. yeah, see shit just okay. That's rough. I was like, oh, if she's a super fan and she doesn't love it to death, then there's a good chance I'm not going to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like it's it's a decent record. I think part of what doesn't help either is all the bullshit around it. Mm, like what yeah. what I what I believe like a universal was would think was like good for it to have all this publicity with beefing with. Kanye and all this other shit. Right. All that shit that surrounds it, I think, in general, like maybe helps stuff because it keeps it in the zeitgeist and talked about. For me, kind of dampens it. Like, I yeah. don't give a fuck with beefing with Kanye and Push It T. Like, dog, y'all, like Kanye and Push It T are in their 40s and Drake is in his mid 30s to late 30s. And, like, yeah. dog. I, I don't care about that shit anymore. It's not even in the beefs. You know, I don't want any more violence you yeah, know, associated with rap music, period. And I'm not on some like, oh, back in our day, niggas had real beefs. Yeah. It seemed like um, these beefs aren't even on, you know, 
tied to serious things you know what yeah. i mean nobody got hurt thank god you know it ain't like oh my man got killed and now i'm dissing you on a record no shit like that which is cool and fine y'all niggas are beefing over group texts yeah <laughs> the fucking group chat and shit it's just like not only in Kanye, in Kanye and Drake's uh, case, not only are y'all navel gazing throughout your music, there's like chaos in the world, and Drake certainly, Yeg makes you know his his like time t- from time to time recently his commentary on it. Drake, you ain't saying nothing about the world at large. Yeah, and y'all niggas are beefing over fucking t- uh, texts. And gossip and little shit like that, it just, it makes all of it seem very small and petty. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't even want to, it's not even a, a beef you can get excited. Unless, like, you know, young niggas might, you know what I mean? But it's not even, like, and y'all not barring each other down. Yeah, absolutely. So, where's, like, where's the investment that I'm going to have in this shit? So, it's, yeah, a lot of this from, from Ye and Drake and you know i'll always listen to you know either one of them uh but from both of them i'm good on all of this shit all y'all did last week i'm good on it you know yeah i'm not i i don't know i think that that really like took it that took notches out of it for me you know what i mean and then on top of that like you know all this attention on don to last week and it's like there was two other records that came out last week that were better. I'm sorry. F- uh, the F- Gonzalez and the um, West Side Gun record were both better. So I- I'd much rather talk about that. And then like all that shit that then surrounds this release. And then there's, you know, Drake leaks the fucking record with Dre. And you know what I mean? Then Dre's got to make a statement about it and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. it just corny shit. Yeah. It just seemed like it was just so much extra shit. And it's a shame because then we get like, we get to hear this, this Dre verse that's fucking gorgeous and beautiful. And you know, he's, and that's the thing, right? You get, um, you get all this, you get like this, such a gorgeous verse and all this stuff that Dre's talking about of like, you know, questioning existence because, you know, he would think if, if there was a God, God would let his mom talk to him and shit. Like all mm-hmm. this beautiful, like existential thinking and shit. And then like, you know, it's just, then it's petty bullshit that brought that to us. Cause then like the, right. the Kanye versus dissing Drake and then Kanye, Drake, Drake leaks the shit. And it's just like, yeah. All of it just kind of gets lost in everything, and it just it, that was not very like I, I don't know. I kind of lost me like a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for this whole shit small and petty. Yeah, for two artists, you know, for whatever their other bullshit, um, I do like music from, you know what I mean? So like, to then have all this extra bullshit ruin it? It's just it's not, you know, it's just not good. Um, I think we can start wrapping up. Did you listen to anything new this week? Yes, I did. Listen to that little Sim shit. Again, better record <laughs> than both these 100%. people that are taking up so much, you know, airspace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's what did the you crazy think of the part about it? I I thought the I record was incredible. No, no, it's all good. I thought it was incredible. Um, she don't really miss at all. You know what I'm saying? So I knew, I knew the shit was gonna be heavy. The songs leading up to it that were released were fucking dope. Yes. Um. So yeah, it's just it's ill to speak to what you know you're saying or what you what you said. 
is that um, there are so many media outlets and there are so many ways to get, you know, the word out or to, you know, uh, have conversations about music. And still, whenever Kanye or Drake or Jay-Z or whoever, you know, these big, like, big ticket artists, whenever they drop, it just sucks up all of the air of conversation. You know what I mean? About this music. Um, But Lil Sims is somebody that people should be talking about more. You know what I mean? Um, The production on this record, her record, uh, let me not fuck up the title. It is called I Am Introvert. Or I uh, Might Be. I Might Be. I Might Be Introvert. I might be introvert. Yeah. I said, let me not fuck it up. And then I (laughs) fucked it up. But I might be introvert. Um, Yeah. It's it's like gorgeous orchestral production. Um, The shit is funky when it needs to be. Her flow is crazy. And then throughout, lyrically, she's uh, really dealing with this, uh, this dance of fame and you know, what toll thematically she's talking about, like the toll that fame is like taking on her, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And and not being uh, able to to look at life the same way, you know, after you blow up, which, you know, Drake and Ye also have talked about that. Yes. But I think them niggas ran out of (laughs) ways to talk about that shit in an engaging way. She's, you know newly famous or newly out here and popping mm-hmm. so she's she's got like her own spin on it but yeah i would say um for folks who aren't tapped into her like check her music out you know what i'm saying yes hip-hop has a very um woman-centered energy right now despite you know what you may think you know from all the conversation around like drake and kanye um it's really women's day mm-hmm. in in rap music for real, for real. In a lot of ways, you know, there's, there's like ways that that shit can be um, advanced and pushed even further. Um, and she's one of the illest, yeah. You know what I mean? And she makes some of the best, most engaging and like enjoyable music right Absolutely. now. So I highly recommend this shit. Yeah, I, you know, you know, I've been on Little Sims for a while. Um, yeah. And I, I love her music. Uh, I think she's she's legitimately like one of my favorite artists out right now. Um, like you said, she doesn't miss. Um, I think she does like very introspective and like thoughtful music. Um, they have songs like "Woman" on here or "Women" on here, and um, just talking about the power of women. And you have songs "I Love You," "I Hate You," um, like talking about her relationship with her father, like. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful music. Um, and it's produced almost completely. He does every, he's on every, uh, or they're on, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, so I don't want to say, don't, I don't want to genderize, but they're, um, they, they did most of it. Uh, the producer's name is Inflow. They, there's, mm-hmm. there's, um, some co-producing on it, but like they, they did the whole project um with a few uh um people who co-produced a few songs um and uh, her production is always crazy like i think she has the best ear out like little sims has the best ear out but so i i pulled up inflow and like what other stuff they produced 
And I'm really not surprised to find out like they did a bunch of stuff for my favorite, probably my favorite album in the last few years is Kiwanuka from Michael Kiwanuka. And mm-hmm. um, they did a bunch of stuff on there. And I was like, oh, that makes fucking complete sense. Where like, A, you listen to the stuff that Sims is rapping on, like uh, um, Introvert, the song Introvert sounds like superhero music like it's very mm-hmm. big like you said a court uh, uh, a kestrel like it's big and it sounds like like large music like big music and uh i realized like oh well that's how michael kiwanuka's album sounded and so like it all kind of made sense to me um yeah. they also did some stuff for uh cleo soul who um she's featured on this record on the song woman um her last record did she put out i think was earlier this year is great um so check that out cleo soul uh soul spelled s-o-l like the sun um check that out that's great but uh yeah this record man i really love it it's right now for me it's excuse me right now for me it's probably uh it's up there with Nas's record, which is one of my favorites for this year. Arm yeah. & Hammer's record from this year is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is going to be in my top five. I already know it. Um, but I, I said this when I heard the first thing. When I heard the single Introvert, when she released it like in June or something like that, I was like, oh, this is great. And mm-hmm. I'm expecting this album to be great. Um, if you haven't checked her out yet, like please listen to us, man. Like I promise you you're going to love this record. It is so, so, so good. And it's not grime. Like, it's not, like, so if, if like, your, if your hesitancy toward, like, um, British rappers is, like, well, they don't, you don't really love the grime sound and all that kind of stuff, she doesn't do grime. Like, it's... Nah, it's this shit is hip-hop, yeah. Yeah, this is just straight, like, tra- more, like, in, a, in in the vein of traditional hip-hop. When I first heard her, I, I said, like, it, to me, it sounded like an, a Roots record, like, like from years ago it sounded like a roots record and yo you know this thought is one of the greatest to ever do it sims is not slacking in this area like she's yeah. you're not gonna like listen to this and be like oh but she's not as good like yeah she's maybe not oh, as good as thought know, with a bars yeah. yeah but like she's amazing man like she's mm-hmm. she's an amazing lyricist um, an amazing artist and like she's got like the number three record in the UK right now which I'm so happy like me and you talked about earlier about like uh, before the podcast talking about like watching people have like crazy like being successful and being happy for them I am overtly happy for the fact that she's getting so much love for this record because it yeah. is utterly amazing she is an amazing artist Little Sims it's little like little S-I-M-Z sometimes I might be an introvert go check that record out I, it's you know it's got our certified seal of approval from this podcast man for real yeah yeah check that shit out for real definitely um we can start rapping. Uh, hey, you know, we have a YouTube page. Uh, well, not YouTube page. We have a Vivo channel. Uh, we have a collaboration with Vivo. Um, and videos go up on that channel every five days. We, video just went up yesterday. Um, uh, there'll be a new video coming up. I guess like at the end of the week, five, whatever five days will be. So like there's new videos going up there every five days. Um, like and subscribe on there. Uh, you know, we put we put a whole bunch of stuff up on there we're gonna be doing more record we do we're doing another i'll give you a little like hint to something we're working on now is just an idea of like 
records that were maybe supposed to come out that never really did come out. Um, that's a possibility. That's one of the things we're working on. We have a whole extra bonus episode essentially on there where we talked about our favorite producers. It's fucking 50 minutes long. So if you love the podcast, you'll go watch that because you'll fucking enjoy it. It's just us talking about hip hop, purely hip hop for 50 minutes. Um, yeah. No no union talk on that episode. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh we had so just go serious rap shit vivo put that in your search bar on youtube it'll pop right up serious rap shit vivo all one word um we have a website serious rap where we have t-shirts mugs hoodies hats whatever like you can go check that out uh go support because you know we're independent podcasters and now all any little pennies help us man um uh and we're we're basically freelance workers so like you know what i mean every penny fucking works for us um uh, and uh, you have the Boss Ice t-shirts at uh, Incense Trap and Yoga Boss Ice uh, and those um, any like part of the proceeds from that go toward helping migrant families with legal aid at the border so that's really important yeah but uh, other than that check us out on the social medias hit us up grab a t-shirt or something like we love the support we appreciate y'all for checking us out and uh, we'll be back next week peace peace Me and my friend take his fat, 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 fat